What's going on, world? Welcome back to the number one podcast in the world. Wow. Boom. How about that? That's a bold statement. Four speakers. There we go. <laughs> Let me get my whole, you know what I mean? Uh, Next Level Speakers Podcast. I'm your host, CJ. Joined as always by my dog, Jeremy Anderson in the building. Yes, Jeremy, sir. what's going on, man? How you feeling? Man, excited, bro. Blessed. Got so much to share. I need a three-hour podcast come on here come on well, she, she will be repeat, though she'll be a repeat though of course oh, sure. of course um obviously as y'all can see we joined by a very special guest i'm gonna let jeremy yes because he yes. was uh oh, so excited over there he's about to jump out of his seat so oh, yeah. you know what at, saying? at the beginning out. of the show i was like see let me let me do the intro come on i got so you. look y'all jessica lundy amazing powerful woman of god speaker she was a fan of my work. I was a fan of her work. I've been peep game. I've been seeing her do her thing. I didn't really understand the depths of your story. You know what I'm saying? But I seen you speaking. I seen you on massive stages, making impact, speaking with authority at all yep. these universities. And I was like, it's crazy. But when you when we connected a few years ago, everything shifted. But anyway, I'll, I'll get into that. Jessica, how you feeling? I'm feeling extraordinary and honored to be with you guys today. Yes. Come on, episode five. Let's we go. Five episodes in. Yes. Great to have you, man. Um, as always, man, we just like to start with a little bit of backstory, you know, and just kind of how you got into the speaking industry. Um, you know, we talked uh, to Kia last week and she just had an amazing story about like how, how and why she wanted to get into the industry. What was it that you said, you know what, I think I got a gift here. I might be able to work something out. Walk us through a little bit of your backstory on how you got to this moment. Yeah, so it's interesting. People always ask me like, oh, Jess, how long have you been speaking? And when I say forever, people are like... <laughs> No, but for real, like right. how long? And I'm like, years. no, legit, right. like forever. Uh, I used to do beauty pageants. I started doing them when okay. I was 11 years old. Wow. I consistently won the interview portion, which is the speaking portion, at every pageant with a perfect score. Wow. So by the age of 15, I started my consulting company. So I was literally- whoa, 15. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. 15. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Pre-Instagram, right? So Wow. That's like old school marketing, but because mm. I was excelling so well oh, in right, pageant, right, no limits. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. oh. Right. Nah, nah. 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 Right. And you right. out here start consulting company. <laughs> right. Man. Wow. Yeah. Levels to this. It is levels to this, and so I realized that I had something special, and I didn't want to just be selfish. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people are really talented at a young age, they just try to hone their own skills and just yep. be number one and dominate. But but I realized if I have this information, why not share it with the world? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter my age or doesn't matter. Even my credentials at that point, if you have a gift, you have a gift. Mm -hmm. And so when you do pageants, people say there's really like three different directions you're going to go with, with with your life. You're either going to be a TV host. So you're going to be a reporter, a news anchor. Check. Did that. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to do trade shows, like be a presenter, travel around the world, do that, wear designer clothes. Did that. Mm. Last thing on the list was to be a motivational speaker. Mm. So I said, instead of doing one of the things, why not do all the mm, things okay. <laughs> and dominate in all so of the lanes? The news? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give us so, your best newscaster voice real quick. Just give us a quick 10-second welcome to the news. Good morning. Today, our top story is Next Level Speakers Academy, <laughs> where we're going to be talking about the success of speakers all over the globe. Back to you, CJ. <laughs> See, I know you still had it in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So, sound like you had a a winning profession. You you left that to uh, come on over to to this. But time. but before that, yeah. I, there's one story I, I love it, and and I, and we would be doing our audience a disservice. 
tell them about the competition because you're in a you're in Michigan, major city. You get this opportunity for this network. Tell them how that came about, the competition, like all of that. Yeah, it's so amazing because my whole life people told me I had to move to L.A. to be mm. successful. Mm. And I just refused to believe that I had to change my whole life to be successful yeah. in one city. That's, yeah. that's saying a lot. Like, we from the Motor City. Like, Come on. we make stuff happen. So I'm like, <laughs> clearly something yeah. can happen for me here. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was this host competition, a very prominent news station uh, with the ABC affiliate, uh, right. Channel 7. Um, they bought the same one you work for. Yeah, mm -hmm. come on. They were uh, looking for a host. They bought another network, um, and so they were like, "We want someone new. We want someone fresh. We want someone exciting. Someone not so newsy, but a little bit more hmm. edgy, right?" Mm -hmm. Hmm. And so I was like, "Okay, this will be perfect." I remember showing up to the interview two hours early. I thought that was early until there was already hundreds of people in the what? line ahead of me. Two right? hours early. Two hours early. And, and then you're late. still hundred, right? And I'm still late. I'm like, wow, right? And so I get there, and I decide I'm gonna pour my heart into this audition. Um, there are people who've flown in from all across the country, wow. but really, I believe because I spoke to their heart about being mm. that five year old little girl that would watch the news every morning and say, "I want to be like this." Watching Oprah and being mentored her by mm -hmm. her at 17, I knew that there was something wait, 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 different wait, about wait, me. Wait, wait, that wait, started wait, out there wait, real wait, quick. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you can't just run by <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> We're not going to just run over her over. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been mentored by Denzel, though I haven't met him. I'm yeah. just inspired right. by his work. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Virtually. Yeah. You know <laughs> Virtual. You know what I'm saying? Virtual mentor. Right. Yeah. Wait, Oprah. Yeah. So, okay, a little story. So, I have oh. wanted to meet Oprah my whole life. Me too. And so, still working on, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna happen yeah, sooner than later, okay, right? Come on, if you if you know the number, you know. Yeah, but I set my expectations. Okay. On the mentor that I desired to have, mm. if she was number one in television, and I desired to be number one, then it would just make sense for me to have to meet her. Mm. Um. So I wrote a lot of letters, sent a mm. lot of emails, heard mm. a lot of no's, mm. decided that no was not in my future. Come on. And then at 17 years old, I got to meet her and be on the show. And I have this iconic photo that I can send them and they can put on the screen. Please. Um, it's with Oprah and uh, Chris Rock. And it was a life-changing wow. experience that I will never what forget. What did that moment do for you? Like, seriously, you said it's life-changing. But, like, what did that moment, did, did, did it signify something? Was it, like, what, what, what was it about meeting her and just, you know what I mean? It allowed me to realize it was possible. Hmm. Because sometimes, like, when you're not actually in the space, mm -hmm. you don't know what's possible for you. Mm -hmm. So as I'm sitting there on the stage, as I'm sitting there in the audience, I'm able to smell the room. I'm able to feel the mm -hmm. energy in the room and say, you know what? I want this. This is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. So it was allowing me to be able to visualize my future. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't surprised that probably about five to six years after that, then I was able to have my own talk show. So I think I manifested that because I was able to experience it in real life and know right. that it was possible for right. me. So you had a talk show? Yeah. Okay. I've known just for a while. I've been yeah. out all kinds of shit. Oh, this is but crazy. But we didn't even get to the competition yet. So right. then I don't exactly. know. <laughs> but thank you for the Oprah because when you said I was thinking like, did she say Oprah or did she say Foca? Yeah, yeah, Oprah. Yeah. Okra. She like okra. <laughs> she eat okra. That's Lord, like soup. Mercy. <laughs> Okay. I love that little subtle flex. So 200 people was there before you. 200 people was there before me. Um, Don't the person... forget about the talk show, though. I want to hear yeah. that. They, they didn't know you had a little... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on, man. But to be honest, let's talk about the talk show. Because right, 
the coolest thing was so many people want to be on TV, but they yeah. wait for a producer to reach out to them. They're waiting for an opportunity. And I said, why wait? Let's start now. Mm. So I, I reached out to the local like cable access network and was like, what oh, do I have to do? local cable access channels is money. Money, I remember back right? in the day, it used to be some wild stuff coming on there. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I reached out and I was like, hey, like, can I run out your studio? Like, what would that look like? And they were like, well, you'd have to... Be a part of this program for six months to learn how to use the equipment. So I was like, sure. So I learned how to run camera. I learned how to run lights. I learned how to run prompter. Mm -hmm. I learned how to do all the behind the scenes things mm -hmm. because I always knew I was going to be a star. And I wanted to make sure that I stayed humble. Mm -hmm. So every time I'm in a room, I acknowledge the producer. I acknowledge the director. I acknowledge the cameraman. I acknowledge all the people in the room because I was able to be in their position mm -hmm. so I can really understand the work that they're doing. So when I talk to... My video team and I'm waiting for a video. I'm not like, it's not ready yet. I know how long it takes to edit a video because I edited my own videos before, right? So Yeah, that's my that's I missed that step. That's why I be crashing on folks. Yeah. I should have went back and learned how to cause I'm like, where it's at? Right, where it's we shot it an hour ago. Right. <laughs> it ain't that deep. Yeah. They're like, on Instagram by right. now. <laughs> I got no clue how none of this works. Yeah, but taking hey, that time to do that, my problem, it's all right. It's all right. You're still a star. I love it. Yeah, you empathize. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I don't got that gene yet. Yeah, but it it definitely helped me, right, okay. to understand the full process of a production so I don't take anything for granted. So when it time came for me to interview, mm -hmm. I wasn't able just to say, like, oh, I'm talented. It was like, no, I, I know how to shoot my own content. Yeah. I know how to write my own content. Mm -hmm. I know how to produce. I know how to, They were like, how do you know how to do all this mm -hmm. stuff? And I was like, I, I taught myself how to do all this mm -hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? I put the work in, so yeah. I'm prepared. So even though there were people that had a lot more experience than me, mm -hmm. have a lot more credentials than me, mm -hmm. they can't outwork me, mm -hmm. right? Come on. Come and it on. always Come comes on. back to the work. Who's putting the work most work in is going to produce the most results. So how are you making money at this time, though? Like, what, what opportunities are you getting paid off in order to sustain yourself to be able to continue chasing this dream? So at the time, I was working, doing trade show presenting. So I was like... Uh, I don't know what that is. Essentially, I, you've been to the Detroit Auto Show? Yes. you seen the pretty girls that are there by the cars? Yes. That was me. Come on. I, but that's how... <laughs> Trade show presenting sound better than being the pretty girl standing oh, next so. to the car. It, you know what I'm saying? I like that. It does, right? Okay, come because, on. Because like, it takes a lot of... Yeah, because people see the pretty girls at the auto show mm -hmm. and they just think they're there to be pretty, not realizing it took a year of training to learn every specification about every vehicle in a lineup. Mm -hmm. You're talking about Toyota. Toyota had Oh, like no, the girls I was talking to didn't know nothing about the car. <laughs> okay, so they yeah, was just some, pretty. Some of them didn't. They were like, I don't know, shoot. Look at it. Yeah, but... <laughs> It's a car, dang. <laughs> so, so let me preface this. The girls that actually made the most money in okay. the industry okay, that's actually know how everything about, about the, eye candy. the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I realized right. I didn't want to be the low-hanging fruit. I yeah. wanted to be at the top. Okay. Yeah. So I actually had a talk show with Toyota. So okay. even when the pandemic happened, they reached out to me, flew me to their headquarters in Toyota to shoot all of this content for wow. Toyota. So relationships are so important. Well, I don't got nothing else to say. That's, I'm yeah, just like, I look, just, we just living in the moment. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I just want to just let the people people know you beat out fifteen hundred people. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Jer Jeremy, want to get back one, to yeah, the competition? Yeah, that's that's come on, get back to the competition. Come on, one thousand five hundred yeah, yeah. people, like. And it wasn't just like random people. Like these people were like qualified, right. like yes. really, really good. And and I think the the icing on the cake is 
people don't realize they thought it was just that one audition. It was like five auditions that I had to go Come to. On. And the day before the last audition, I actually rented out a studio and okay. ran the lines. And so because there was no one else to help me, I had to go in the studio, like turn all the lights, like get on the on. on the ladder, on. turn the lights on, on. Stop playing. run my own prompter, run around trying to get there early enough to practice the delivery, yep. doing all of that, like stand up to 3 a.m. And, and this was for what position? Uh, to be a TV host in Detroit. So to be Channel 7's uh, like entertainment reporter. Okay, so like, were you on the road or you had like an in-studio show? An in-studio show. Okay, yeah. So people would come to me. major city like Detroit. Yep. See, and see, but see, that, that's, what, that's what I was about to say pisses me off. That's what frustrates me. Like, that's the better. It's because people will see you on the news, yeah. but they don't know all the work you've been putting in, all the sacrifices, yeah, yeah. 1,500 people, five different interviews, renting out studios, paying hundreds of dollars, then working all the different equipment just to practice. Like, that's what people don't see. And so I, I really want you to express that because as we push people that's in our community and yeah. people that we just know in life, it's just like, yo, when you see me on stage, that's the finished product. Absolutely. I done yeah. pulled the cake out the oven. I'm ready to slice it. You didn't see when I bought the eggs and I bought the flour. Then yeah. I had to crack it. Then I had to whip it. Then I had to measure it. Then I had to preset the oven. Then I had to spray the pan. You ain't see all of that. Yeah. You just see me putting the icing on the cake. And there's so much more to it. So I just wanted you to lean in a little bit there because there are people that come and say, hey, I want to be a speaker and they want to instantly get there. And then there's those that's like, no, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a different type of mindset. And there's still times even if I'm writing a new keynote and I want to see what it looks like on stage, I'll run on stage. Yeah, see, you different. You see, I mean, if I want to see I how that, that keynote is going to look, yeah. why not I'm run I'm still standing in front of the mirror, see? Oh, yeah, no. And see sure. what it looks hey, like. Hey, Jess was teaching some stuff. She was talking about red lines, green lines on the stage. I was looking like, what? I should be up there waxing deep. You know what I'm saying? I ain't thought about no lines, no lighting, nothing. I'm just up there hood. Um, so you go from, all right, so now you got the show. How long do you do the show? Uh, so the show I did, I only had to do about six months, and then I ended up getting that job at the network. I stayed at the network for two years, okay. and then God gave me this tap on the shoulder and told me to quit my job, move to Atlanta, and start over. And I was like, I'm sorry, huh? <laughs> mm. No, but I'm popping here in these streets. Like, what do you what do you mean? Right. You know? Clearly, this is the devil, right? And so, because <laughs> we love to say that as Christians. Yeah, yeah, we love to say on. it's the devil, right? But I was so clear on my purpose because I was getting booked. Because I was the local news person. So they were like booking me to do yeah, commencements yeah. and career yeah, yeah, days yeah, and yeah, all this stuff. I'm like, man, I love it. And it started to become a problem in my job. Mm. They saw it as community service. They wouldn't allow me to get paid. Mm. It was like everything was community oh, service, community Hold service, up, community service. Wait, wait, why were they contracts. Because them contracts. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I so, hate jobs. So when I told them, hey, I think this is, this is it. I'm about to move. They were yeah. like, we'll pay you more money. And I'm like, oh, it's not about money. It's about purpose. Oh. Oh, don't so you miss can't it. can't understand. What mm. year was this when you moved to Atlanta? 2018. Wow. Okay. So, you, yeah, wow. And, and so, I just ran. From that moment forward, I got real quiet in prayer. I asked God why he created me. Because I think sometimes we forget to tap in with the creator to see our yeah, actual sure. purpose in yeah. life. Mm -hmm. He said to bring hope to the next generation. I ran with it. I created the Wake Up and Win school tour. And um, I started calling on the tour before I even had dates booked. <laughs> there we, we talk, go. We talked that a few episodes ago. Yep. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a tour now. <laughs> if you got two schools, if you got two, it's a tour, right? Inside a tip. Exactly. Get it? Two, tour. Just two. And you're on a tour. Yeah. A tour. Exactly. Exactly. So everybody wanted to be a part of the tour, yeah. you know? Tour. Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. T W O E R. <laughs> a tour. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So 
Yeah. So then now you create this and you start what? Contacting schools in Atlanta and superintendents. Like, how do you get this thing off the ground? Yeah, I actually started local back in Michigan because I thought, why not go where I actually have influence? You know what I'm saying? Like, we always want to start from zero. I don't believe okay. in starting from zero. Man, come on. We talk, like, we've been talking be- about that. That's been the theme over the last mm-hmm. few episodes. Start with the low-hanging fruit. Grab what's right there. Yep. And I wrote, former award-winning TV host becomes motivational speaker to inspire the next generation. Who wants dates? Mm, and dates. I think you got to have that energy. Like, yeah. I never have desperate energy on, when I reach out on. to anybody because mm-hmm. I know the value that I bring to every come room on. that has the opportunity to yeah. be influenced mm-hmm. by my voice. Yep. So I give that energy to decision makers. Even I'll give you a prime example. I, I recently uh, booked a speaking engagement and I just assumed the sale with books, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say, how many books do you want? You know? I never yeah. like. Uh, yeah, you want to buy books? Would you like to buy my how many? book? Now, how many? A thousand you want? or two thousand? You want a thousand? You want yeah, two thousand? Yeah. You want? And I only do bulk. I only talk bulk prices. Mm. You know. So I just try to have that energy. That's cloth talk. I only talk bulk. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> ain't no one two books. One or two you can't yeah. order one yeah. or two. I don't have yeah. it on my website. Yeah. So if you want bulk pricing, I can send you an invoice. You playing, man? But I'm telling you, like. I think that's always been one of my gifts is just that confidence. And when you move like that and you make it like it's not a big deal, people acquiesce. Like, they'll start to fall in line with that. And people be so scary, like, oh, uh, what if they don't have a budget or what if they can't afford it or what if they can't move? And you move in with that scary tension energy and they can feel it. Yeah. But when you go in with that confidence, like you say, like, oh, okay, who... Who want to book a stop on the tour? Right. How many uh, bulks of book do y'all need? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a different energy and ethos that you put out in the world. And I realize that a lot of us, because I don't know, and I don't want to say like black people, but like when we move into a certain space, we we always feel like a little bit more like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. And I'm going to be real. Me and E talk about it all the time. Some of my white homies, they walk in the room. Uh, yeah, can you get the call? <laughs> It's like they they first yeah. time in there, yeah. and right. they just moving with a like, I can't even call it cockiness because they just move like they belong. Yeah, and I realized like even even I was guilty of it early on. Me and E would get in some rooms, and I kind of be looking like, okay, like what's going on? And E was like, bro, you got just as much right to be here as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, stop moving like you you scared to say the wrong thing, or you scared my man over there. Like, I remember people like, you got to know the right fork. CEO done picked up the fork. Right. Wrong for right. eating with he like I could care less. He got something hanging off his face. He got a little thing. He got a drink. <laughs> I'm like, wow, but it's just a different energy, yeah. right? And so I think what you're saying is so important for our speakers out there, or people who are trying to speak confidence. Yeah. Like people are attracted to that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They really are, and you exude confidence when you speak and when you talk and when you do your thing. And so it's no wonder why, you know, the world starts to bend towards your wishes and you know what you have for yourself. No, I appreciate that. And I think the big thing with speaking is people forget that they were doing something before they got into a new lane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to leverage your expertise. Mm-hmm. Just because you're new to speaking doesn't mean you're new to consulting. Or doesn't mean that you weren't a CEO or right, you weren't right. a high-level executive right. or you weren't in a leadership position yeah. within your company. Now you're mm-hmm. just adding the title of speaker. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's important to remember. Absolutely. What would you say is your biggest audience? The biggest field that you've been in, would you say it's like corporate? Would you say it's like universities? I think colleges and universities is where I chose to dominate. Mm-hmm. And the oh. reason that I say... Oh, I heard it. Yeah. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> Go ahead. Come yeah, on. Yeah, because I, I, I truly believe I can speak to any audience. Hmm. Um, when I coach speakers, they always say, but Jess, I can speak to everyone. And I would say, 
no one's going to book you because you're confused, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not that I couldn't speak to other Jeremy audiences. Jeremy found that out the hard way. Yeah. We, <laughs> what is the triangle website? <laughs> Go here for... <laughs> we all been there. We all yeah. been there because right, you always right, think right. like, I got a message right. and everyone yeah, yeah. needs to hear it. But I'm tripping because you, know? you said this is the industry I chose to dominate in. Yeah. Not I chose to speak in, Man. not just the audience. No, I'm going to dominate in this particular space. Yeah. And I'm putting all my energy there. Yeah. Wow. And the interesting thing is, like I tell people, like corporate books me. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember when uh, I spoke at Verizon and mm-hmm. head of global communications reached out and said I was the best speaker that they've ever had, mm. period. Mm. But you don't see that, me flexing that because that's not my lane of genius. Come on. Yep. Like when I work with real estate companies or I work with nonprofits or I work with really big organizations behind the scenes, mm-hmm. it's just because I chose to dominate colleges. Now, once corporate starts to take over, then all you're going to see is corporate. But I don't want to yep. confuse my buyer, right? right. Yep. I want to speak the language of the people that write me the most. Strength. Man, that's how you know that we're telling the truth on this podcast because you just came in and reiterated everything we said. Yep. We that. talked about it. It's not that you can't take the gigs. It's about the marketing and branding behind what you're putting out to the right. people. That don't mean if somebody call you from doggone Target and got a corporate check for 50000 you don't take it. You right. absolutely better take it if you're capable of handling the gig. Right. But that means that we don't say now, all right, cool. Now I'm, I'm targeting corporate altogether. It's still you want to stay in that lane, and then those other things will come. E and I started with adolescent African-American males. That was it. That's what we were trying to reach, and now it's growing into this, and now we still are doing that work, and that's the hard work that we'll always do, but it's grown into e being for everybody, but we had to dominate a certain lane, and so I'm happy to hear you dominate that lane. What were some of the challenges early on, although now, you know, you're you killing it. Were there any challenges? Let me say it like that. Just like, what you I mean, mean challenge? Challenge? <laughs> like, so was it, like, early on where you were like, man, I you know, if I can get over this hump, you know, whatever. Like, what was the what was it early on? I think the big thing was making people know who I am. Hmm. Right? Like, I remember I had a mentor tell me that I was the best kept secret in the speaking industry. Hmm. And for a half a second, pride crept in. And I was like, oh, that means I'm, I'm out here. Hmm. Oh, wait, that means I'm not out here. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah, <laughs> Super talented. Nobody knows who I am. Come on. So I started putting myself in the right room. I started going to conferences. I connected with an agency that dominates in that industry yeah. as well. So I think partnerships are really important. Hmm. And not being afraid to invest in yourself, right? So yeah. there's ty- there's different part. types of investment. You got to have coaches and you got to have mentors and you got to have programs because there's a strategy. And when you're first starting out, you're just confused because it's something new, right? So I think building a robust team is really important to be mm. successful. And and what was the process of building that team for you? Was it just like one at a time? Was it like, hey, I need, like, what was the first staff you hired? Well, the first staff I hired was actually my husband. So he- <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yes, and I he- know he wasn't getting paid. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> my man just like, I got it, baby. Right. So, yeah. So, he was the creative director because okay. we needed a feeling. Yeah. So, now I'm known as America's Big Sister. Right? Mm-hmm. So, that took time. I like that. For yeah. us to understand. I like that. Shout out to Deani for uh, coming up with that. I appreciate yeah. it. That was you, D? That, brilliant, look, she's a, Yes, we got a Deani low-key brilliant. In this house, right? <laughs> but yeah, I started with a creative director. And actually, I was paying him. Because I believe paying people for their work. Yeah. Even if they're in your home. Paying I, him money or paying him by... Because <laughs> there's different ways you can compensate, I've honey. I've been really trying. <laughs> wow. Trying to hold back. 
Wow. Oh, so long. Also, also payment. There we go. There we go. In form of business to business. <laughs> he's, he's like, I accept all form of payment. <laughs> I love it. Right. I love it. We all oh married in here. We are all married. Man. Praise God. All good Praise the Lord God. God. I love it. Uh, but yeah, but then I knew I needed an agent. Yeah. So I needed someone who had 20 years of credibility that I didn't have. So as soon as I aligned with him, it gave that stamp of approval. Yes. And it was just like, oh, yeah, clearly she's the best. Like, hire her. And um, I had great favor. Because sometimes you can be with an agency or you can be with a bureau and you're just a number. Right, right. So I built a really good relationship mm-hmm. with my agent that I call him a close friend yep, yep. when there's other people that are on the roster that, like, never Got talk you. to him. So that's you know, important, too. Either, and I want to highlight one one piece before um, C closes out. Because mm-hmm. I want to I help people understand the mindset of a winner the mindset of a servant leader, like the next level way. You came to our conference in 21? 21, yeah. And did the, you you enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Would you say it was amazing? Mm-hmm. She had a great time. She actually ended up winning a billboard out of all the people that came just because you're phenomenal. So you got a billboard now. You come back the next year yeah. at 2022's conference. 2022, yep. And I didn't realize this, but at the end of the conference, you felt led to stay behind. I know David Shans has said something about adding value. and just, yep. So she stayed behind, see? And she's at the conference just, when it's over, you know how the afterglow, don't nobody want to leave. Right. Oh, for sure. The energy, yeah. folks, yeah. we sitting there for hours. That's me, I'll be trying to get a butt of that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired, bro. I gotta go. You know, but, I'm high. I, yeah, I know. I know. Bro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm still working she on working, mine. I'll be out back door. Oh, <laughs> gone. She worked in the room, praying with people, interceding, encouraging women, and, and Crump noticed it. And around that time, she didn't know this, but around that time, we had another keynote writing coach um, that we transitioned from. Mm. So we were there was an opportunity yep. within the squad to join. Yep. And Crump, our director, y'all and meet him in a future episode, he was so impressed by your heart and your spirit. Because you wasn't out here broadcasting. You was just like, I'm just in this space seeing who I can bless, who I can mentor, who I can encourage. And then you all had a conversation. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so the conference, if you ain't got your ticket, Come on. what are oh, you doing? Listen, Don't on. miss this conference, right? And so the conference was life-changing. And I just was like, man, I felt like I was a part of a family. Like, anytime you're a part of any next level anything... Mm-hmm. There's such a love that you just want to serve. You want to do. You want to give back something to what you receive. Correct. And so I was like, I'm just going to stay here forever. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to home. I'll go home later. You know, I'll go home tomorrow, right? But I felt that there was a gap. I'm the type of person that's always thinking strategy. Mm-hmm. Every room I go in, no matter what the room is, I'm trying to think, where can I place myself mm-hmm. in this space, right? Not just, oh, it was a good time, but like, mm-hmm. where do I fit in this? And so all these women kept coming up to me and were like, hey, do you coach? Hey, do you coach? Do you coach? Do you coach? I'm like, listen, what I'm not about to do Hmm. is disrespect Jeremy. Hmm. This is not my conference. This is not my thing. Hmm. So. Man, some of y'all better get that. (laughs) Right. Ah, bruh. Right. Y'all better get that. Yeah. So I was like, this is not my thing. I'm just here to support. You know, Jeremy's doing his thing. Like, I'm just showing up or whatever. And so people were like, no, but you need, we want to work with you. So I was like, all right, leverage. So I went to Crump, who I knew is important. I was like, hey, <laughs> what it look like for what me to join like? <laughs> this squad? Because I want to be on the winning team. Like, it's not that 
other people haven't approached me to coach mm-hmm. for their companies. Mm-hmm. That's not what it was. It had to be aligned mm-hmm. so that it made sense. Mm-hmm. And so I said, all the women are saying they need a woman. What we what we gonna do? Mm, that's what the streets saying. The streets is talking. <laughs> I ain't said it. The streets. Are yeah. we gonna talk back? Right. Right. And so he was like, well, let me see. Let me yeah. see. You on the radar, but let me see. Right. So I, but to be honest, at that point, I didn't know what was going to happen next. I just left it to God. And so sometimes we want these opportunities. We right. want to be in these rooms. Right. We want to be in these spaces. And we give it desperate energy. Mm. And I was just like, yo, it is what it is. Either we're going to do this today mm-hmm. or we're going to do this next year. And what she didn't realize. Yeah, facts. <laughs> right. Facts. And what she didn't realize is maybe a week or two prior we realized, like, man, we got to transition, yep. you know what I'm saying, from this person, right? Because with our organization, man, we too small and anointed. You, you, character, integrity, everything has to be on point. So we was like, okay. I like how you said transition instead of fire. That was good. So yeah. Classic, right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah we transitioned. Crump, fire. Uh, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so the op, and, and I remember feeling in my spirit, it needs to be, because, you know, me, E.T. Inky, like, we we very male dominant, even though women, Nick, Deani, Cam, like, they run the company day to day. Yeah, yeah. We still needed someone. Forward so it face. just, right. for sure. So it for just, sure. it was just, a, I just had to acknowledge it was a God thing. But Come had on. you not been there. Come on. In that space. That's why we tell y'all, like, ministering. Working, praying with people, giving them game. And then with high integrity, can you coach me? I want to pay you. Ah, that ain't my thing. I'm not here for that. Let me just tap in with them to see. But I'm, I'm going to point you to them. Like, that would let us know, like, oh, she's not here to. Because let me tell you, I get an email every single week. Somebody in my DMs, Devon, every week, like, hey, I'll do anything. People has hit me now saying, I'll move my whole family to Atlanta. I'll work for you for free. Mm. These are credit. These ain't like crazy people. These people right, that got right. things going for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're willing to quit their jobs, move to Atlanta, and work for you for free just to be connected with us. And we just like, I, I got to yeah, hear yeah. from God. Right. And so this was just a God thing, but it goes back to the heart. We talked last week with a key and her heart for people. That's why she's so blessed and she will always live in the space of abundance because she's always looking to yeah. add and give value. So I just had to acknowledge that. And you've, yeah. you've been a game changer for our community. Um, they love you dearly. My family loves you dearly. You know, I love my goddaughter, baby Abigail, Sophia. You know what I'm saying? Like, we building something special. But I just had to acknowledge that because your heart for people is it's a game changer. Thank you. Man, this has been an incredible episode. And as Jeremy said, we definitely going to have you back on. She's going to be a reoccurring uh, guest on this podcast. For sure. There's just so much to share. And now that we got the backstory out the way, we can let you teach a little bit more <laughs> when you come in this joint. Uh, as always, every week we end off the show with the butcher's cut. And if you don't know what the butcher's cut is, that's the butcher. When he chop everything up, he keep the best piece for himself. Well, Jeremy's the butcher. He's going to give y'all the game. Go and give him that cut, Jay. Yeah, so so my butcher's cut for this week is, is simply this here. Every opportunity you get is a chance for you to build upon more. So what I used to do back in the day, if I get booked to speak for Carlos Quinney, Middle school, I'm about to have a little flyer made hmm. with my picture, the school in the background with the school logo, and I'm going to put it out two weeks before. I'm looking forward to speaking for this school. Then I'm going to put it about a week away. I'm looking forward to speaking. Three days away, I'm looking forward to speaking. The next day, I'm looking forward to speaking. And then I take pictures, and then I'm posting that the next week. Um, hashtag throwback Thursday to when I spoke at Carlos Quinney Middle School last week. Now, I done put out five, six different yep. posts. But people think when they put something on Instagram once, you got 10,000 followers, only 2 3% of the people see your stuff. 
So you have to continue to put it in front of them. And what happened, and I'll never forget, I had one of my homeboys hit me like, bro, you coming to my city? I'm going to pull up and let you speak. I was like, bro, I don't post that for you. I post that for other people. So now I got folks calling my phone like, bro, you out here killing it. Every day you speaking somewhere new. I'm thinking like, man, the last month I only had three engagements. But because I'm working it. It's a tour. It's a tour, right? And so now... So now folks is reaching out because they like, bro, you out here killing it, but it's the it's the perception. And now yeah. I take that content and yeah. I package it and I share it. And now I told y'all last week, right? You can't make demands if you're not in demand. And so you have to do these things to let people know I'm in demand. Because when you post that flyer that you're going to be at this event or this conference, they might see it. They might not see it. You could post it again and again. You space it out. And they take pictures from those events and continue to put that on your social media because there are people watching you. Dustin said it a few episodes a few weeks ago that people started hitting him up saying, yep. hey, bro, I see you doing your thing. I want to give you this opportunity. And so that's my, that's my butcher's cut for the week to take the opportunities you get. If you got to make your own flyers, Put that sucker out there. When I first yeah. smoked my first time in India, probably seven, eight years ago, bro, I made a flyer with that sucker mm. with Bangalore in the background. I almost mm. put a little turban on my head. Huh. I felt that might have been extra. But I'm going to let the world know Jeremy going to be in India, right? right? So it's your responsibility to blow you up. It's mm. your responsibility to promote you. Not nobody else. It's your responsibility to leverage every single opportunity you get to make sure you get that many more opportunities. Jay, appreciate that butcher's cut. Jessica, let them know where they can reach you. Yeah, go to my website, jessicalundy.com, or check me out on Instagram at jessicalundytv. You want to spell it just in case, just, you know, L-U-N-D-Y, correct? Yeah. want to make sure, you know what you I'm saying? You got it, you, you got be like, it. you know, sometimes people have some weird spellings, including myself. Yeah, I just keep it simple. Okay, jessicalundy.com. Make sure you go book her uh, for any of your gigs, man. You, as you can see, she's just going to absolutely crush it for you. So thank you for coming on again. And as always, this is sponsored by NextLevelSpeakersAcademy.com. Go to NextLevelSpeakersAcademy.com. If you want to be like Jessica, man, and figure out how to dominate your industry, uh, we would love to teach you how. The three of us, man, Crump, Inky Johnson, Eric Thomas, the whole all-star squad is there to help you go to that next level. And so we appreciate it. Thank you for coming through again. And uh, we'll see you there. We Let's out. Let's go. See you love next it. week.